Welcome to Teach Your Passion Online, the weekly podcast for passionate people who want to build online businesses. Matthew Chapman back here today with my super guest, Zara Fifian. How are you doing? I'm great, Matt. How are you? Uh, yeah, I'm good, thank you. I'm enjoying the last of the sun that we're going to get in the UK for a long while. End of September, we get the summer nights, so it's quite nice quite now. Yeah, I quite like September. Um, Vic and I got married in September, and I remember our wedding day was like a gorgeous sunny day, nicer than some of the August days. So I, I like September. It's kind of um, yeah, the end of the summer, moving into autumn. But I kind of like the the darker nights and the, yeah, the... it's nice, isn't it? You just kind of feel like you're catching the last of the sun before it disappears for four months, and we just get the rain and the and the oh. grey that we tend to get in the UK. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, I like um, September. So you are quite my most overachieving guest I've ever had on the podcast so far really? <laughs> yeah I mean I was looking through your bio and what you've done it's ridiculous so obviously uh, a world champion martial artist uh, an actress in numerous films and tv shows a stunt woman uh, you held two world records at one point or was that correct yeah, that's great. I set two World Guinness World Records and held them for a while, which was awesome. Cool. What um, were those they, they've both been broken now, but um, it was ah. an honour to set them. So the first one was the most items kicked off a person's head. In yeah, America. I've seen that. So yeah, I had some American footballers and we had like chocolate um, American footballers, which was really cool. Uh, and then the second one, so when I did that one, when you kind of do a Guinness World Record, you kind of, you know, you're on their radar and then different countries that kind of run the shows and things then get in touch with you. So um, uh, a company in India wanted to do a different world record. So there was like, oh, you know, let's do the highest female unassisted jumping kick. I was like, okay, cool. And then I was sort of doing a little bit of research and the male version is like super high. I was like, are these guys thinking that I'm going to be jumping this high? <laughs> no, 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 it's a new record. It's the female one. I was like, okay, great. So I did that in India and then um, got invited over to Beijing to go and, um, sort of um, break the record and I had a challenger who wanted to kind of break my record as well so that was a really cool show so the first one was for the most items kicked off a person's head in six or people's heads in 60 seconds and the other one was the highest unassisted female jumping kick cool and the first one um how many did you manage in 60 seconds oh mate I don't know it was a long time ago (laughs) not as many as I should have done it was um oh god it gets replayed all the time I should know I forgot yeah um so let me tell you though, I didn't do as well as I thought I was going to do. I was a little bit confident. Oh, <laughs> right, okay, right. The, Ameri- the, the American footballers were kind of set back on the heads. So I'd been practicing like kicking the bobs heads and the bags heads, mm. um, you know, in the gym and stuff. Um, and, you know, putting them on the high setting to, to kick high and whatever, which was fun, which is cool. Yeah. And then when I actually went to the show before we were going to do the record, we just had one rehearsal and I was like, this is different because <laughs> you don't kick the head you have to kick over and pass through the head yeah so the, very first, the very first one i did i was like this oh zara what are you doing um <laughs> so the first one i missed and i was like this is not going well and um so yeah i didn't kick as many as i thought i was going to kick to be honest but it was a good fun record i, I did 40 something most must have been 47 48 i was expecting to do you know 60 plus yeah, um, yeah, yeah. well it's still thought, amazing yeah it was sort of um yeah, a lesson quickly there on that one. The the second one I did, um, I think I did 6.5 feet on the first attempt, but then the second one I rebroke the record, it was seven foot two. Wow, oh, that's um, cool. Yeah, I kind of shocked myself on that one. I was like, oh. Wow, yeah. <laughs> so, <of> <laughs> um, and you also run a martial arts school. Uh, so you've, you've done loads. Yeah, doing some good stuff. And you've been to my school, you've done some seminars for us, which were awesome. So our yeah. students love the Mitmaster seminars. Thank you. Um, it's, a, it's a beautiful school and your students are like the most super respectful students I've ever met. <laughs> they're so, yeah, they've got they're so polite. Yeah, they're, they're a really good bunch. Good bunch of students, good bunch of parents. So yeah, that's all great. So when you were a little girl, did you always imagine you were going to be achieving this sort of success in all these different arenas or were you ambitious? Um, I think I was ambitious, but I don't really think I had the confidence at that young age to think that I was good enough to do anything or to, uh, you know, have, you know, set these achievements and goals and things like that. But um, when I started training in martial arts, I fell in love with it straight away. So I always knew I wanted to do martial arts. And this is something that I was very passionate about. And it became a way of life for me very, very early. 
um, and I love the discipline and the structure and just learning the techniques and uh, the philosophy and all that kind of stuff and the history. Mm. So from very early on, I just really fell in love with martial arts. And my first style was Shotokan. And even when I was going through school, um, you know, my sort of uh, social group all knew that I was very much into my training. So all my best friends, you know, would invite me to, to events and, you know, parties and stuff like this. But I was like, oh, I'm sorry, guys, I'm training or I'm competing this weekend or whatever. So that was really cool because the people around me, some people are like, oh, Zara, you should be, you know, you should be going out and you should be, you know, be with your friends. And I'm like, no, actually, this is what I want to do. So I was very focused and driven in that sense because I wanted to train and become the best martial artist that I could be. And I just love learning and being a student. Um, but um, all of my friends and my close family supported that as well. So that was really cool. But when I sort of started competing and sort of got a bit older, um, and I mean, I didn't start winning stuff straight away. It was when I started then going, oh, actually, I'm kind of like starting to win some stuff here. <laughs> this is cool. Um, but it wasn't really about that for me at the beginning. It was just about, you know, training and learning and becoming a better person. And I think the confidence that it gave me from that young age has helped me to um, fulfill my dreams and, and achievements that I've gone on to do sort of later on in life as well. Um, because I wasn't a very confident young girl. I was very quite shy and reserved. Um, so I definitely put that down to the martial arts training. Yeah, that's interesting that you you started sort of um, lacking confidence and then the martial arts brought that out. But that's what a lot of people say from martial arts, isn't it? You know, like the overcoming challenges, the persistence, the dedication, the discipline breeds confidence and builds confidence in you. And obviously, in your case, it, it really has. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I probably didn't realise that until I started coaching and teaching myself and actually seeing my students kind of turn around and then sort of, you know, that light bulb moment, like, actually, this is what it did for me. And I want to be able to give that back or, um, you know, inspire other people or encourage or, you know, build other conf you know, confidence in other young people as well um, to then, you know, kind of shine on and, and fulfill their dreams and goals and whatever they want to do and achieve. So I think, yeah, for me, that, that was definitely a massive thing. I mean, talking about the kind of stunts and filming and things, I would never, ever be in front of a camera. I hated having my photo taken. I wouldn't let anyone <laughs> video me. Um, I just absolutely hated it. I hated the way I looked. I just didn't want anyone to kind of have any, a lot of our family photos, I'm kind of either turned the wrong way around or <laughs> my head is down or I'm purposely covering my face that you can't see me, which is a shame because now I look back and I go, that would have been, why didn't I just have a photo at least? Because then in sort of the family group photos, it would have been a nice picture and I kind of ruined that. But that was just because of how I felt. Um, at the time and I just didn't have that self-esteem or confidence um, so yeah definitely through training that's that's brought me out and I think when I started competing um, on you know kind of the international circuit I think that sort of gave me a different um, form of expression um, because I've never been a very loud or outgoing person in that sense um, I, I like to kind of keep myself to myself I'm, I'm kind of quiet but you know confident but quiet and um, so when I used to kind of do the forms or the weapons and compete in that sense, that kind of, yeah, I was able to express myself and that really developed my confidence, I think, as well. So. Um, and do you think from the doing the forms and the uh, competitions and having the crowd there that led you into sort of film work or was it just suddenly one day you decided, I know, I'll, I'll, I'll start doing films as well? I never decided that, that kind of, uh, <laughs> I fell into it. So yeah, totally. I was, um, I was competing in America at the time and on this particular um, tournament, they had this sort of division, which was called Action Star or something similar along those lines. And it was basically doing some American tournaments have like self-defense kind of demos and things like that. And it was kind of like that, but more of a screen fighting um, action performance scene. Oh, cool. And which was really cool, but I totally wasn't into that. I just wanted to, I was ready for my, you know, warming up for my, my next fight. Um, <laughs> so they, they, the sort of local directors and producers, film producers sort of uh, saw me competing and then approached me afterwards. I was like, oh, would you love to, you know, we'd love you to come and be in our film. Um, da, 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 da. And I was like, okay, great. It must be kind of something to do with martial arts or action. So I was like, okay. So they basically flew me over for like six weeks. Um, there was no martial arts in there. It was pure acting. And I sort of hated it, but loved it. <laughs> I was so bad, <laughs> so nervous. Um, and I think 
we we sort of did a little bit of a music video for the film as well and we sort of um Vic came over with me and we sort of had this idea this concept to kind of help promote the film and we did this kind of action fight scene which I really loved but then when I came back I was actually do you know what I really did enjoy that and what can I do now when I'm back in the UK so mm. a lot of my friends like Chris Jones for example you know Chris very well yeah you know he's been in the industry as well for a long time and a lot of my friends that have kind of been on the tournament circuit were moving into screen fighting or stunt work or you know commercials music videos you know films things like that um so then i sort of started networking with those guys and they kind of um you know passed on my details to different kind of stunt coordinators and people that were looking for females because it was very much male dominated and then it kind of went from there really and then i was like really kind of had this new passion for this filming and screen fighting and action and you know really kind of was actually I need to kind of start building my craft now on the acting side too because that was the side that was most nerve-wracking for me or most challenging um and yeah then it's kind of progressed from there which is really cool um, well, what do you find rewarding about it? Because it's very different than kind of what you've done before. Obviously, uh, fighting is a and competing is a, a totally different thing. Mm. Uh, running a martial arts school is, you know, it, it requires a different set of skills. What is it that you like about filming uh, cool movies? What, what What's the attraction? I think for me, the process of it. Um, I love the process, how, you know, from pre-production or the planning and the prep that goes into that, whether that's so, so more recently, I've kind of been behind the camera working on productions, but even if it was just that I had a job um, and I had an acting job, it's kind of, you know, uh, the process of developing the character, you know, the background story to that, um, you know, being able to kind of pull emotions and different performances, and then also being sometimes a lot of the roles that I've done are very physical. So then making sure that I can maintain my training and be of a certain level. So I kind of um, drew all of my martial art competition experience and the confidence from that. So for me, it was just a different way now to express myself. Mm. Uh, and at first I found that very hard, but then when I kind of sort of related the two, then I found the transition much easier. Um, but yeah, the, the whole process of the filmmaking and then um, it's, it's very different from, from what people expect. If you haven't kind of worked in that industry, it sounds very glamorous. And sometimes it's very far from that. Yeah, um, bet, and yeah. just, you know, the, the hard work and the grit and the teamwork, the process of the filmmaking, I really enjoy. And then seeing the end products. Um, so, you know, for me, it's kind of um, that, that, that production value and that, that sort of process of going from the start to the end. I find very interesting and that really pulls me in, which is why now I've gone into more production uh, and producing as well as acting and, you know, performing in front of the camera. Um, but yeah, just that the whole, the whole way that just whole process of, of the filmmaking, I think is, it really intrigues me and yeah, I really cool. enjoyed it. Yeah. And, um, but what don't you like about <laughs> the whole film situation? Is there anything that really <laughs> does your head in? Um, it's very frustrating because you know I'm used to working hard running my businesses and um, you know making them a success and all that kind of stuff and sometimes when you go to a film set or a film studio or whatever it is whatever the, the project is or the, the show is sometimes it's very frustrating for me when you're kind of getting paid to do nothing I know that might sound absolutely ridiculous okay <laughs> <But sometimes laughs> <laughs> you can be sat around for a while so it depends on you know there's sometimes a lot of prep beforehand and then you know you'll be training or rehearsing and doing a lot of that kind of stuff beforehand but when it actually comes down to shooting on the day there's a lot of waiting around sometimes until it's your scene until it's your take or whatever and and for me I just feel like that's wasting money because <laughs> I'm just like we, we you know can I do something let me let me do something let me you know can I help in this area or whatever and a lot of times when that happens, I'm trying to sort of um, speak to people in different departments, whether that's kind of sound or lighting or whatever that is, and just kind of find out about how things work. Um, because it's just, for me, that bit's really boring, just kind of sitting down, just waiting. And, so, you know, you get fed and you get to chat and chill. But when you're doing that for a few hours, I'm like, do you know what? I need to be doing something. I'd rather be training or I'd rather be, you know, maybe go and rehearse some more. Let's just do something. Um, why, why do they... Why do they do that with their timing on, on film sets? Do they have like everyone who's working all there at the same time and then you're just called up or? Sometimes there's, things can overrun, there can be technical issues. So basically right. if we know what scenes we're going to be shooting on a certain day, you'll have all of the actors ready. 
but then the way that you shoot the scene you don't kind of just shoot it all as one scene you'll kind of do the lead in then you'll do the next part of the scene and then you have different camera angles so you have to kind of shoot you know different profiles you do a wide shot you'll kind of move in then you do like the closer shots or the close-ups and different dialogue it takes ages um, right it takes ages it's not just like oh you just put the camera there like when we're doing our online stuff we kind of set the camera up we've got our sounds you know lighting's good and, and away we go yeah it's it's kind of the process of doing it bit by bit and covering the whole story because it's not just about one angle it's making sure you have the you know all these different angles to cover the whole story so that when it goes in the edit room they can pick and choose which angle they're going to come into and all of those little subtle things um really make a big difference for the production value and actually telling the story on screen as well so it's really interesting and it does take a long time and that's the frustrating thing you know even when we film tribals like we tried to get organized as best we could to have only the people there necessary at a certain time so we had less waiting around but even then we still had you know people waiting because we had to still make sure we covered this shot make sure we did this angle before we could even move on to the next kind of sequence um so yeah it just takes a long time it's, it's, a, it's a process of doing it um but you know the end result is worth it so of course yeah um and like you say it's a lot of time a lot of effort a lot of logistics a lot of management a lot of people <laughs> it must be a nightmare to to organize these types of things. <laughs> yeah but, i think organizing the um I mean, you know, so, you know, that's why we've, we have agents. So, you know, my agent will call me and say, Zara, you know, you've got this audition, whatever. Great. Fantastic. You've got the job. Yay. Well done. She goes and deals with the rest of that. She, she, you know, sorts all the logistics. She just then comes back to me and say, you need to be here at this time. You know, this is your feed. This is what you need to do. Here's your lines. Okay. Good luck. But when you're kind of on the side where you're having to organize everybody, um yeah it's a nightmare because you're trying <laughs> to make sure everybody's available on that day at that time and then it's you know sometimes locations dictate actually what day you can shoot things on or if you've hired equipment for a certain length of time there's lots of kind of dictating factors and um is is quite um hard <laughs> yeah make. it sounds really stressful <laughs> <laughs> yeah it can be definitely so um I, the sort of working behind the camera on the production has been a learning curve for me recently um, but I think it makes makes you appreciate what it takes to make a film. So when you're in front of the camera, you have a much better understanding of how all of these other departments work and come together for the, the whole process. But yeah. and which one do you prefer, like being in front of the camera or behind the camera? I really enjoy both. Um, I love being in front of the camera and, um, you know, action scenes and I'm really enjoying more challenging acting roles now as well, which I never thought I would, but I do. Um, so if, if there's a, a really good story and a character and there's some action and some martial arts and fight scenes and that's perfect for me yeah. but be, behind the camera the whole process of actually filmmaking and the organizing the planning I really enjoy that kind of stuff anyway and I just sort of take on my business skills that I've done in other businesses in my school and sort of that planning and preparation and then just take those experiences with me there there's still a lot I've got to learn on that side because filmmaking is different and um it, it, again it's just it's just like with training really it's kind of you start at white belt level and then um you do a few more films and you kind of progress up to the next level and so on so i kind of use that analogy really because i'm kind of still a white belt level producer but um you know every time you kind of do a show or every time you do a movie you sort of take an experience as learning and progressing to the next level so um yeah i enjoy that side too but um i think in front of the camera yeah, I think I think I don't think I would be in front of the camera and work as a producer at the same time. I'm not sure no. if I would do that. No, that, is, that is um, much, much harder than I anticipated. <laughs> so right. having to swap between the two um, when you're trying to kind of focus on your lines and performance is really, really tough, um, which is what we did with Tribal. But so, yeah, no, I enjoy both. I would do both again. Um, but I don't know if I would do it at the same time, anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. Um, so how do you keep all the plates spinning? Because obviously you have the film work, you have the martial arts school, you have an equipment line that you're running through the martial arts school as well, aren't you? Um, you've got TV work. Uh, so how do, you, how do you get all of that moving and working and not burn out and not stress out? How, how's that, how is it possible? That's a really good question because I have burnt out before in the past. So a few years ago, um, I totally burnt myself out and was in bed for like eight weeks because oh, I, yeah, I was really sort of pushed myself. Um, I was one of the first 
uh, feature films that I did as a lead role. And I was literally driving down to Surrey, filming, doing a night shoot for like 12 hours, whatever, driving back home the next morning, you know, having a couple of hours sleep, teaching, doing my training, and then having to go back, you know, the next day or the oh, you know, two days after. And I did that for a little bit. And, and then also other little jobs and stuff that I was doing and trying to manage. And I just totally burnt myself out and was really, really ill. So I kind of, I know the signs when I'm sort of pushing myself too much and working too hard um, or need to take a little bit of time out. And at the beginning, it was hard because it was kind of um, myself and my partner um, my dad's always been a big part of the school for me. So he's always kind of been on hand to help, but I didn't have the team that I have now. Um, and I think that just takes a bit of time finding the right people, um, having the right people around you and, and sort of building your team. Um, so I'm really lucky right now. We have a great team at the school, which is great. Um, and other, other sort of um, people involved in my other businesses as well that, that are fantastic. So it isn't just me spinning all the plates at all. Right. Um, I think they'd all crash if it was just me. <laughs> Um, but I think I'm very lucky in that sense. There's lots of people that um, I've sort of got my back when I've got their back and we help each other out. Um, and I think managing your time and like we spoke about before, I'm just trying to be productive, not trying to be busy and just try and do everything, but try and kind of move things forward and be as productive as, po as possible in each um, spinning plate. <laughs> yeah. And obviously now we've added an extra spinning plate because we uh, met up uh, probably about a couple of years ago and I kind of helped you out with building your online platform for selling yeah. sort of instructionals and informational content. Um, so that's another sort of string to your many, many strings on your bow. You have this whole online um, online tuition side of your business that, that you've now added. How did you find all setting up all that up? Because obviously you have the skills in front of the camera, you have the physical skills, you're a great teacher, you come across really well. You have the video and editing skills to create amazing looking content. Was there anything that you struggled with or, or how did you find it? I think we spoke about this before. And for me, um, having, so we sort of spoke about the online courses and you kind of said, you know, Zara, you should be doing this, you should be doing that. And um, you've made a great success of that and are now helping other school owners and martial artists too, which is awesome. But I think for me, I, I sort of knew what I had to do when we had that face-to-face -face meeting when you came down and you showed me how to work the course and how to build the platform that was really great and that kind of was then okay Zara you know Matt's come down now I'm showing you how to do it we're not just talking about it you've got to go and do it. <laughs> for, me, for me it was finding the time to do it and sticking to that so um you yeah. know the first time that we spoke I kind of oh yeah you know well maybe in August I'll do this and I'll kind of put it there and then things happen and things change and other things happen in the businesses it's like okay well I can't do August anymore so I just kind of moved the date and then didn't really reset a new date or reschedule that so when we had that meeting when you came um that that was really important for me because then that was like okay so I'm gonna make sure I do this now and set myself this date and this goal to make sure that I'm filming this content and, and planning that as well. And then for me, so that was the hardest thing, just setting the time to do that initially. And then once we did that, there was like, okay, this is quite easy. Why didn't I do this before? <laughs> Classic. Um, and, but it, yeah, it, for me, it was just finding the time really. And I think, especially now, obviously because of COVID and the lockdown situation, I think everybody's realizing how important the online training and you know that aspect of training is um, and how vital it's been for some schools to survive. Um, so I wish I'd done it earlier because I would have had lots more content out by now. <laughs> but um, How did you cope with the whole uh, lockdown? Did you do Zoom classes or did you do online courses that you uh, gave to your students? What was your strategy for surviving that? So my, my school, my students, we did Zoom classes. So we literally took our timetable, um, so myself and the team, and literally did everything online. So we filmed loads of content as well. I didn't do that for my online courses, for my ZP online training. I lit, we just literally did that for the students. So some right. of the instructors filmed content. I, we filmed like hundreds and hundreds of videos and made like an online training area just for our students, for our members, totally free. And then all of the classes we did, we just had a, a new timetable. So everything was streamed live, um, which was great. We just literally transitioned kind of overnight, really, online. Um, and it was a really quick turnaround with the videos. And then obviously as lockdown eased, we continued with the Zoom classes. But when we could start doing kind of outdoor one-to-one -one sessions, that was a big changing point for us because by that time, our students had been 
not training especially the younger ones and not at school for like three or four months so doing the one-to-one outdoor sessions was kind of the next step for us um because obviously we weren't allowed to open our schools at that time Uh, and we still continued the zoom classes and when we were able to reopen obviously we had strict social distancing measures in place limited class numbers all that kind of stuff as everybody has but we still continue the zoom classes because um just of the limitations that we had and the amount of people could that could physically come and train we're not doing the zoom classes now so they ran until the end of August, but now we're streaming our classes live, which because we don't have spectators or parents in. So usually, you know, we we invite parents and spectators to come and watch their kids so they can kind of then reinforce the message and the, the training, you know, at home as well. So we really yeah. enjoy it. And that's a big part of our sort of community and our culture at the school. But obviously that's different now. So parents can't come and watch their kids train. They drop them off. They bring them through the building. They get them set and then they kind of go and then come back and collect them, which is a little bit alien to us because we've always had people kind of stay and watch the sessions. So we're streaming their classes live now in our Facebook groups. And the parents love that because they can still kind of watch the session in a way. Um, yeah, so so we, we just literally went online. Everything just switched over <laughs> to like online. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Now, obviously, you have uh, you and Vic uh, experts, I would say, in sort of video production and 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 creating great looking content. Um, all your stuff on your Facebook page looks amazing all the time. Uh, most of the people I work with aren't particularly good at you know video content, so they they, yeah. they make a lot of mistakes. Maybe their their lighting isn't particularly good, or their ca- placement of the camera is too close or too far. Um, do you have any sort of tips for basic sort of filming strategy for the online stuff that you've created? When we've been filming, I think, I think it's a learning experience as well. And it is a learning curve, finding out what works for you. And I know that you give a lot of people advice as well, really good advice about, about lighting and sound and things like that and how to kind of make it look better, better quality. Um, and I think, yeah, I think I think you've said this before as well. You know, I'm I'm sort of like things to be perfect or as perfect as they can be, and sometimes that kind of holds me back because, you know, you just kind of got to get it out there, whether it's perfect, you know, first or not. You can always go back and refilm stuff or things that you do. You can kind of look back on and then you can see the progress and you can see what's working and what looks better. But I think for us, the production value of what we're putting out there is important because of the sort of film and TV experience. Yes. Um, we want it to be a good quality production um, value, you know, the, the content that we're putting out. So um, I've, so Vic's kind of like the, the expert, really not me. So I'm kind of in front of the camera, he's behind the camera, but I have had to learn how to do basic editing and, um, you know, have, uh, learn, you know, about the lighting and the sound and things like that as well, which I kind of have a bit of experience for, but, you know, putting it all together, you know, him and myself working together as a team is quite fun, but I'm sort of understanding sort of where and how he's editing stuff. And I'm trying to, you know, recreate that myself as well so that I don't have to rely on Vic to kind of edit something, even though, you know, he's very busy doing that as his profession anyway. Um, and they're like, are you actually paying me for this, Zara? I'm like, well, <laughs> we live together. So let's work together. Um, so, you know, he's, I'm, I'm taking his time away. So I'm very aware of that at the same time. So I'm trying to kind of learn how things edit and try and ask him questions, which he gets a little bit annoyed at me about when he's like, oh, so I'll just do this. I'm like, but I don't know. So it is a learning curve for me too. Yeah. Um, I think you have to kind of shoot with the edit in mind. So normally we have like either two or three cameras set up. So we'll have one that's a bit closer and then we'll have the one that's kind of the front angle and another one. So you don't have to kind of reshoot everything and it's much quicker. So if you have that's the option, if you have the option yeah, to have more than one camera or more, more than one device, because you don't necessarily have to have a camera, you can shoot on your phone or an iPad, or whatever it is that you're using. Um, yeah, I think that saves a lot of time. And then you can kind of cut from one angle to another angle to show a better angle of what you're demonstrating and things like that as well which is i think um a lot of if you look kind of do a bit of research on kind of youtube videos and tutorial videos um, especially youtubers they're very sort of quick cut edits and it keeps you engaged and it keeps you watching so we want the the content to be of value but also we want to keep the audience and and the person watching that engaged in that content as well so i think the edit's quite important you know you could just run you could just film and then just run it without even editing it really maybe just crop it at the start and the end 
but we we try and make it a you know a little bit more engaging to watch as well and i think that's where the production value kind of comes in and when I you're starting out i think that's where you stand out though because you're absolutely right um I'm I'm notoriously lazy in my filming approach in that I'll just have one camera <laughs> and I'll I'll move myself around to suit the camera, right? But then you're just getting one frame of reference, aren't you, that you're looking at continuously, which can, like you say, it's not engaging. Even though my teaching style might be engaging, the, the just what you're looking at is the same. And by doing jump cuts and different cuts, it just it just makes people more interested. Do you think? I think so. I think it doesn't mean that you can't do what you're doing and doing that because um, it's still engaging and you've still got that content and that knowledge and you're still still teaching. Mm. But I think um, I, I think it gives it a different element when you've got kind of different cuts and you're moving in. You don't have to worry about, OK, is everything am I capturing everything right here? You know, do I need to re you know, film this again, but now from a different angle? It really saves you time. Mm. And I think it, it, yeah, it is engaging. And when you're kind of doing your promo clips from that as well, it gives you a bit more thing, you know, a bit more to play with when you're kind of trying to do those promo clips or, you know, maybe give a little bit of free content and things like that as well. It just yeah, I think it just really adds to the production value. Yeah. Uh, and that helps you stand out in the in the busy sort of crowd, doesn't it? Because if everyone's just doing it one way and then you suddenly have a, a, just a different way of approaching filming the content yeah. or, or producing the content, it helps you stand out and be unique. That's a really good point because lots of not just martial arts, but lots of different businesses have had to adapt and now move online. So everybody is online now. There's so much online content. There's so many different people you can go to and different instructors. And yeah, it's kind of like, how do you now stand out in the online world? And if you've got engaging content and your your edits are cool and it's quick jump cuts and you've got kind of, you know, some text or wording on there and you've got some cool music. I think that, that all helps you to stand out and makes your kind of video um, unique, yeah, in that sense as well. And it kind of gives you a bit of a style. Yeah, and, and I like that. I mean, you've really motivated me to up my game now. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm just not doing enough. I need to <laughs> get my editing skills up. Um, what about charisma? Because um, that that's kind of important on camera, isn't it? As we've all seen and watched people maybe who have a problem projecting to camera a lot of instructors I speak to they're really nervous when they have the camera in front of them they can teach a class of 50 people no problem but you yeah. put them yeah, in a camera alone in a room <laughs> and they freak out it's really interesting how many people it does freak out and how many people even if you've got to read you know two or three lines to the camera how hard some people find that and I was one of those people as well myself just you know stuttering or just forgetting the words even if it's something so simple like welcome to the zp online training academy how are you guys in today today we're going to be covering this and it's like you just you just forget words and you know oh it's just it's hard and i think it's just practice and it's just putting the camera on it's almost like a rehearsal like like you're training for a fight or you're you're you know you're practicing something you're practicing technique over and over again if you don't practice doing it, how are you going to get any better at doing it? And for some people, it's, it is really hard. And once you start doing it and you start finding that confidence and, and doing that, you'll, you'll find it more comfortable. Yes. And um, yeah, everyone has different personalities, different charisma. And I think for your content to be engaging and for you to come across and to do you know, well online with your courses and to be successful, you do have to find your charisma and you have to find that confidence. Whether inside you really hate it and you're so nervous, you know, regardless on the outside, you've, you've got to kind of almost give a performance in that sense. I was about to say that because um, do you think the camera kind of steals your energy a little bit? Because I find I have to add maybe an extra 20% in terms of energy and projection towards the camera because if I'm just my normal teacher self it kind of comes across quite boring and plain so do you think it kind of takes away a bit of your energy or I, I, I agree I think so I mean even when we did the zoom classes during lockdown and stuff just teaching online and keeping the energy and keeping everybody engaged and the motivation and, and doing the training you you have to give so much more energy mm. than what you would do if you're kind of face to face with somebody yeah absolutely, because you're not absolutely. getting that feedback are you from them you're not no. getting that feedback loop so you just you have to push extra energy out towards the camera i, I found yeah absolutely when when some of my instructors started doing the zoom classes 
you know, I mean, there were 30 minute classes. It's not as though we did like our sessions or 45 minutes, half an hour was absolutely plenty because, you know, every, it's kind of uh, condensing all of those techniques and training into that 30 minutes to make it more exciting and enjoyable. So it's not taking so much time away from the instructors and from the students, but the instructors were absolutely dying at the end of the 30 minutes because they just given so much and so much enthusiasm and so much just energy into what they were doing and it is draining it's really draining you definitely have to sort of project yourself and give more energy into that it is different from from when you're teaching you know sort of face to face which and you know a lot of people prefer you know face to face which you know of course it's, it's a little bit more rewarding in that sense because you're getting the feedback yes. um, and you're able to give feedback but i think yeah you, you definitely have to yeah raise your energy levels when you're, when you're filming do you find you uh, like if you were filming sort of an online course um to go on your platform do you kind of almost switch into actress mode or are you more in martial arts teacher mode or do, are they both the same now it's a little bit of both but yeah i definitely feel like i have to go into presenter mode yes yeah i think i think so and um I quite enjoy that. I think I'm, I'm kind of still being me. What I like about it is I'm not, I'm not being an actor in the sense that I'm having to play a different character or I'm trying to do a different role or anything like that. I'm just being me, but I'm sort of being my energetic, Best self, quirky sort of self. On, yeah. on and, um, and that's what I like about the kind of presenting roles that I do sometimes as well, is that I, I can just be me and I can just be expressive and I can just give that energy. And hopefully that comes across when people are watching the content and they're learning and the training from home with the online courses too but yeah i kind of do and i think i think everybody does in a way i just think you have to find that confidence and you have to do, you know develop that and over time it becomes more comfortable um yeah i think i think i kind of switch into that and then once, once the camera's turned off i'm like okay i just can i just <laughs> collapse in a heap <laughs> 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 no, I mean, I agree. When I first started filming online courses, I look back at my first sort of attempts at filming online courses from eight years ago, and I'm like, oh my lord, what am I doing? And it was just practice and repetition yeah. And, yeah. and just getting more and more comfortable um, getting in front of a camera. I often advise student um, instructors, if, you, if you're not comfortable speaking in front of a camera, maybe just record yourself teaching a lesson. So you just catch the camera out the corner of your eye now and then. And it takes away the fear of, of, of it and you, you just get more and more comfortable. But it is a, it is a challenge for instructors because they feel like they're um, performing circus monkeys or something when the camera comes out and it all goes a bit, a bit off. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah absolutely i think, I think it, when you're in a classroom environment like that it's the same with some of my instructors that are streaming the classes now like oh no we're going live but it's only live to our group and the camera's not on you you're not teaching to the camera you're not presenting to the camera yes. it's just there in the room and then you know once the class starts you kind of forget about it and it's just rolling but it's just repetition practice it's definitely you know you just, you, and i think if you're one of the instructors that are feeling very uncomfortable about it or just hate the thought of speaking in front of the camera yeah that's a great reference point to start from but I think if you don't start then you're never gonna get the content out there that you want because you know there's lots of instructors out there that are absolutely amazing got so much knowledge and um, tuition they want to give to people and that people are going to take a lot from but they just don't want to be in front of the camera and that's a shame and I yeah I think you just got to try and bite the bullet and take that first step just to just start to do it and it, it will get better. Yeah, and I think, to be honest, a lot of um, martial arts instructors are very precious, sensitive flowers. And uh, they yeah. don't want criticism or they, they can't take criticism, and, you know, justly or unjustly. Yeah. So they're very worried about putting content out there onto the internet and then some people saying some mean things about them. Have you ever, I mean, you must in your line of work dealt with people saying critical things about you. Oh yeah, all the time. How do you, how think, do you handle it? Um, so for me, it's kind of, at first you really take it to heart and it's really personal. Right. And it's uh, sort of, it's kind of like when I've been to auditions before and done really well and I've been to auditions and it's been a straight no, or, you know, I've had one time I've been to an audition. I won't say what it was for, uh, but it was quite a good job. And, um, the the casting director was basically when I walked in the room, had all my lines, um, you know, my performance, whatever, was all set ready. I felt quite confident going in. First thing she said to me was, um, 
I don't even know why you're here really because we're already going to cast this person so we'll just do what you do today and you know I don't think it's going to make a difference so oh, and straight off the back it's like ah just like why am I here oh my god but you still have to go and do these things because you might then get seen for another role and things like that as well but so I just and you know sometimes it's quite a um cutthroat industry uh in filming and you know just some people you know people say stuff about you and then it's about having you know a a nice happy you know positive front but then sometimes you're really hurt by some of the stuff that you hear and it's the same online you know people can easily hide behind their keyboards and type stuff um and i think some people just do that just negatively or just with a little bit hatred or jealousy and i think the best thing to do is just to ignore it and to not respond. I think once you start responding to things like that, then you try and justify yourself. You kind of get pulled into this. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Online <laughs> bullying and just, you just torturing yourself. So I think, you know, it's, it's for me, I've just learned to kind of just ignore it really. And people, people are going to like what you do and people are going to hate what you do. And there's something there for everybody. Personally, if I didn't like something, I wouldn't make any comments or whatever. I just, you know, that's fine. That's what that person wants to do. And that's, that's for them. Great. But that's not for me. So I would just wish people would leave it at that, but they don't, you know, they've got their computers they hide behind and they can tell <laughs> right, what they want. And there's no consequence because you're not going to see them face to face. Um, and it's really horrible and it is tough. And I think you just have to do your best to ignore that. People are going to say stuff all the time. You can delete block and then just move on. And I think, the more you do that, the more successful you're going to be. And don't, don't, you know, beat yourself down. If somebody said that something wasn't very good or they didn't like it, um, somebody else is going to absolutely love it. So. Yeah. Uh, I generally only take criticism from people who are more successful than me. Yeah. So anyone says anything negative about any of my stuff i'm instantly on facebook tracking them down and following their name and stuff and, yeah. checking out it's 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 and then i'm like oh like you don't even do martial arts and you're criticizing my techniques so i just ban and delete them like you say but if someone like if you criticize which you wouldn't because you're a nice person but if you criticize some of my filming and editing i would listen to you and you would obviously express it in a way that wouldn't be this is a load of rubbish but because you're way ahead of me in terms of understanding about production and filming etc you i would listen to you that would make sense but most people who uh, criticize online have nothing to do with your particular area of speciality absolutely <laughs> just, just madness isn't it oh absolutely it's yeah it's ridiculous it, it's the same with filming too um you know people will you know criticize a film or whatever it is and say oh you should have done this this was really poor this wasn't good this wasn't that but you know and I've had people do that to our film and then they've tried to go and make a film or do the same thing and failed at the first hurdle <laughs> uh, you know, so there's yeah there's absolutely people are just gonna give their criticism and you're, you're very right just listen to the people that um, have that knowledge and experience that are successful and doing well because then you can take things from that and learn from that and then you know make little tweaks and changes as you go along um, but yeah I think I think your content is awesome anyway. And if you want some help with editing stuff. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I think I'm going to have to up my game really, because uh, obviously I'm underperforming. So You know what? I think because you're kind of like the online guru right now for everybody, you're helping everybody get these online courses running and being successful. And some of your students and clients online are doing really, really well. And that's all credit to you because you've kind of set them up and showed them how to do that. And they're, they're now producing that. Um, you know, do you feel like everybody's kind of doing this now and some really good kind of online courses and content? Do you feel like you've got to step up your game? Do you feel like, well, you now you're doing this for everybody. How are you going to make your content? I mean, you've already got a massive audience and you've got a, um, people, you know, students, online students already that are very much invested in what you do and your, your training, uh, as am I. But do you feel like that editing side of, for you is something that you've got to really step up or, you know? No, no, it, it's not for that. I, I, because I believe that we all create our own particular market who responds to us and we're not in competition with other people for that market. So the way I communicate concepts and drills and ideas is kind of unique to me mm. and, and people like that, but they can also like how you do it. So they'll also buy your courses and they'll also buy Chris Jones's and they'll also buy. So I, I'm not, I don't ever feel like I'm in competition and I would have to up my game because of that. I'm just like so impressed with your stuff. I'm like, 
damn, that looks good. I need to get some of that because <laughs> my stuff's just basic. So it's it's not it's like I'm just impressed, and I just want want a similar level of of, of expertise demonstrated in my video. So I'm going to pull my finger out and get that sorted. Yeah, I think once you start kind of learning, I'd love to get Victor to chat with you about some mm. of the. Uh, the programs and, and things like that that he uses yeah um, so again i'm just on the basic level i'm just white belt editor um vic's been doing it a little while and i think once you kind of start doing that you kind of find your um creative edge and then he kind of finds like different um sort of software things that really help him to get whatever he's trying to achieve and it's really interesting because he'll I'll be like how did you do that today like what, what made you come up with that and how did you even think of that idea it's like oh well i saw this and i've just edited this together i just put that on there and now i can do this i'm like oh wow okay so he's constantly sort of evolving and learning and trying new stuff and i'm really fortunate because then he can experiment on experiment on my content as well and, and is is uh, are you guys going to do some sort of training for sort of video stuff i know you're both crazy busy yeah you were talking about at the business mastery weren't you is there, is there something in the pipeline for that yeah there, there absolutely was and there still is so when we did um mabex we were um talking about sort of um sort of video editing and, and sort of video marketing and stuff like that um and then we kind of did have a date set and then we went into lockdown so <laughs> totally yeah <laughs> written off um but i mean yeah vic's vic's very interested in um sort of continuing that because we did have a lot of feedback from that and we still get messages like are you guys doing the course yet are you doing it online is that a physical thing so we're very much interested in and in still doing that i think he's building his course right now and just deciding what, what breaking it down into kind of different levels really well sign um, me up i'll be your first customer yeah I'll let you i obviously need help because because I'm still doing the same stuff I was doing 10 years ago. So I need to upgrade my skills, definitely. Um, what have you got on the on the horizon then? What's what's coming up in the next few months for you? Um, so it's really interesting actually with the online stuff because I'm kind of doing a bit of a deal with Amazon to link the online courses with Amazon. So that's really interesting. So I'm in talks with them, with them at the minute. That's cool. Um, yeah, and it's just kind of a different spec and different sort of set of deliverables that you need to have to be able to kind of do that as well. So that's really interesting. So once I can kind of do that and that's kind of a done deal, um, that hopefully would then open doors for other, you know, martial arts instructors and things like that and different content and then maybe come on the platform too. So I'm excited about that because that's taking the online courses in a different way. Yep. Um, I've got my brand equipment that I think hopefully because of obviously again, because of lockdown, we had a bit of a delay in production um and shipping things over and sort of launch dates but i'm fingers crossed if everything's going well everything's kind of back on track now hopefully december will be the launch date for the zp um zp sports brands which is cool sort of our gloves and pads and things they're very nice i i yeah. had a little play with them when i was there and they are so nice that was, quality kit yeah that we've got um i think that's kind of like three prototypes oh wow them. Okay. it's improved a bit more now so we've done little tweaks and things like that which i'm very happy with um so yeah we've had good demand from that and also a little bit of a clothing line to go along with it which is cool um yeah i'm really sort of focused on some content now as well some new content for my online courses for the zp online training which is cool i've had um more recently i've been doing more weapons stuff which is cool so i really love weapons training and just um putting those courses together for me has been really fun um so just um i did my bow course but now i'm doing sort of lunch and whip chain and karma which which i love is really fun for me so i hope that um the guys that are doing those courses really find them enjoyable as well and something new um so yeah online content school's going well so we're back open now after lockdown and stuff and that's just kind of um strict social distancing and you know, all these measures in place as we all have um but i can't wait to get back into kind of you know contact stuff and sparring whenever yeah. that can happen um yeah, and then we've got some film stuff. So I'm reading scripts and just working on uh, pre-production for a couple of things coming up as well in that sense. But for me, again, it's about kind of splitting my time and prioritizing um, that as well. I've been training with Steve Rowe as well and his uh, Tai Chi, Shikon Tai Chi instructor course, which yeah. has been really, really cool for me. So I've loved that because that's completely different from, from my previous training as well. So, um, you know, he has his online courses as well, which I've been kind of doing online, but then been going to train with him physically once a month um, with the rest of the team so that's been great for me because just working on sort of the internal training and uh, a completely different um, 
type of training not kind of high impact high energy stuff but totally different so i really love doing that i've been training a little bit with samuel kwok in the wing chun so um sifu is really busy so he's kind of up and down the country with his wing chun and promoting that all over the place mm. um whenever i get to see him i do a little bit of training with him which is cool and um yeah just making sure i split my time wisely spending some time at home as well we just got a home bar, a garden bar, which I'm very excited. Yeah, I've seen. <laughs> Not that I drink, because I don't actually even drink. But um, we Vic, Vic's uh, drink is rum, rum and black is his drink all day long. And nice. we always we always get like bottles of rum or bottles of whatever for you know Christmas, birthdays, all that kind of stuff. And we just had so much alcohol <laughs> in the kitchen. <laughs> I'm like, I need to get these these bottles out of my my kitchen. Like, what can we do? And um, our sort of summer house garden shed, we turned into a garden bar. So that's cool. Not that we're, we're going to use it, but we might not have a drink, but we might just sit in there, I don't know, and eat or do some script work or whatever. But yeah, so that's cool. So I'm just, you know, splitting my time wisely, prioritizing and making sure that we can spend some time together and have a bit of downtime as well as, you know, working hard in all the other areas as well. Awesome. Um, where can people find you and your online courses? Where would they find you? So you can find me on all the social media platforms at Zara Fithian and my online training academy, zponlinetraining.com. Um, and my personal website is zarafithian.org. But if you just, you know, type in Zara Fithian, then I'm going to come up on one of those platforms. <laughs> but zponlinetrainingacademy.com is my online platform for all the courses. Um, yeah, and then Facebook, mainly Facebook um, and Instagram is where I'm at. But I'm also on Twitter and uh, LinkedIn. Wicked. Thank you very much. I feel, I feel highly motivated speaking to you, and I feel like I'm underachieving massively. So. Not at all. You're doing awesome. You're doing awesome. You inspired me to get my courses like on, you know, get that content out there. So, I'm uh, really honoured for you to, you know, to be chatting with you today, Matt, and for you to invite me onto your your podcast as well. So, thanks oh, for having pleasure. me. Pleasure. It's been nice chatting to you as well, and uh, I'll probably see you. I'll come up and get some training from Vic when he's got a spare half day or something. I'm trying. Yeah, up my, up my editing game because uh, you, um, have you seen our stuff with the uh, 360 the insta 360 camera no Ooh. okay so this is vic's like new toy which is kind of my new toy too so obviously you know we're kind of into like dgi we've got like the dgi yeah. you know the osmo action the pocket the gimbal all that kind of stuff so when the insta 360 camera came out i was like Vic, you've got all of these other things. Like, you don't need this camera. He's like, I need this camera. It's my life. I need this camera. <laughs> um, he eventually convinced me that we should get it, and we've got it, and it is really cool. So, some of the edit stuff you can do on that with the Insta360 is incredible. It's got like this invisible selfie stick. You can do loads of cool stuff, different little you know tricks and things like small world and all these other kind of stuff so if you look on my social medias you can see all these new really cool videos you're like how have you done that and it's literally with this 360 camera which is incredible so um Damn yeah, it. I'm, I'm googling <laughs> now i'm gonna be, be buying one we've got i think what is it ours the insta 361 r we have right cool but it's right. lots of fun so you're a gadget man you'll definitely love that thank you very much top tips <laughs> thank you very much for your time being great you're very welcome thanks matt cheers bye